Welcome to Career Tools. This week, 90-day new job plan. Who to find? Here we go. Okay, Wendy. People get asked all the time in interviews, what are you going to do in the first 90 days? Now, we're not going to actually tell them how to answer that question, but we are going to tell them there are certain things you need to be doing in order to start your uh, any new job right. And we talk about fitting in as being hugely important, but that's hard for people because they want to take specific actions rather than just fitting in. So in this series, obviously, we're talking about what they can do. Tell us about who to find. Okay. So our primary piece of guidance is find the people you'll need before you need them. <laughs> before. Okay. Yeah. Before you need them. Like <laughs> like in your first 90 days, before you need printing done overnight or right. catering for 100 people and you've only got three days notice or whatever. <laughs> Um, and find the people in the support organizations. Those are the people that you're likely to need and won't necessarily meet through your first 90 days work. So the people that that you are going to be working with, you're likely to meet anyway. But right. the support organizations, you can go months without meeting them and then need them and not know them. And then treat them like you need them without a relationship and then wonder why you don't get the support you deserve or that you think you deserve. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then uh, the last, the last, so part three is um, find out their names. So that would be so good. It, yeah, it's no use. It's no use knowing who they are without having a relationship. And the beginning of a relationship is, is to know it? someone to know someone's name. Yeah, good. Okay, so let's start with find the people you'll need before you need them. Okay, so uh, everyone's thinking, but I've got to meet my boss, and then I have a new yeah, job yeah. and a new team, and all this technology and processes and. Oh, I, I, I'll just leave that. Right. And it's just no use leaving it. You've got to put it on your to-do list. Well, but, but wouldn't you say, though, that when people say, oh, I've got too much to do, actually in their first 90 days, I know a lot of people who haven't fully gotten into the flow, and they actually do have time. In fact, may, maybe everybody will laugh at me, but in every new job I've had, other than maybe starting the firms I've started, the first 90 days you're way less busy than you are in the second or third or fourth 90 days, right? Yeah. And yeah. certainly less busy than you were in the last part of your last job. Yes, exactly. So, so you yeah. definitely have capacity. You right. just don't know it. Yeah. You do, or your, your brain feels very full from learning new things, but you, you can do exactly. this. Exactly. Good. And if you put it down on a list somewhere and you work your list, if you work your plan. Yeah. You only yeah. have to do one a week for 90 days. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So the reason we're stressing this is because every time we talk about network and relationships we tell everybody and and you know this from your own experience it is no use as we've just said it is no use needing someone and not having a relationship with them if the first time you uh, somebody pings you on linkedin is to ask you if you can help them get a job Ugh. you know how that feels everybody knows yeah. how that feels it's like well, I want to help him, but really, like, this is the first time he's going to talk to me. Yeah. That's how all the people in the support organizations feel, too. In other words, you're not a friend, you're a user. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. We're telling you, go find these people before you need them. And one way to do that is to write a list of the people that you need occasionally in your last job, if you've already moved, or in your current job, if you're, you know, in the moving process. I just suggested security and catering, and we're going to give you a longer list. But, you know, if there's someone in particular in your organization that you need on a semi-regular basis, make sure that person is on the list. Yeah, that, that role, that person, whatever title they have, needs to be 
on your next list. And, and exactly. Yeah. And, and we don't even think about the relationships we accrue um, when we're in our present job. We've got this person who does printing. We got this person who does badges, what have you. And we just think, oh, I know that person. And it makes a lot of sense to go through and make a list of those people you already know. Yeah. Most people don't change jobs so dramatically that the list will be entirely different. That right. list should be useful to you. Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. So now hopefully we've convinced everybody that this is a good idea. Can I just say one more thing? And, mm-hmm. and if you're going to a totally new job, guys, trust yourself. Make the list. It'll take you two minutes. It'll take you two minutes to go through. Heck, if nothing else, if you're in the present job before you go to the new job, go through your contacts list. Shoot, if you end up having 20 people on the list that you create relationships with that you don't ever leverage, it's not the worst thing that'll happen to you. And it'll only take two or three or four minutes. And I hear all the time from people, oh, I'm busy. I can't, you know, five minutes, hogwash. You've got a lot more than five minutes. People waste so much time every week that five minutes being strategic about it now before you need the person in a crisis is absolutely the way to to go through professional life. And while you're in your contacts, print that list out now yeah. before you move to it and before you change jobs, because you'll be amazed at how many of those people that you might want to talk to when you've got to your new job and say, you know, I've got this really tricky problem and you always you were always able to give me uh, give me guidance before and I know I can't tell you the details, but would you just talk me through it and you don't have their phone number and you can't get through through switchboard? Do you remember the emails we got when we put out the podcast years ago <laughs> saying you've got to have this stuff printed out because when you leave the company, you won't have your cell phone, you won't have your contact list, the things you take for granted. And oh, people <laughs> called us Luddites and yeah, and, and once a week we get an email yeah, that so says, thank you, oh, thank you. thank you for saying yeah. it. Good. I just did it. So, yeah, yeah, it worked. Good. A little okay. reminder there. What about support organizations? Okay, so most of the people that we're talking about making contact with are in the support organizations. And, and we did talk about finding the people you need in your day-to-day work in one of the earlier casts in this series. And you do need to know your boss and your peers and the teams that work upstream and downstream from you. And... Those people are the people that you'll meet in your daily job just as you start it. You you tend to meet the people you're going to work with, right? Of course. But that's where most people stop. And what we're trying to encourage you to do is go further than that. Go meet some more people. Broaden right. that knowledge earlier rather than later. Okay. Good. So support people that you think on a general basis, we all ought to at least have one person, if not more than one. Okay, so finance, accounts receivable and accounts payable. One of, one of the things I've noticed in uh, in just working with Maggie on on um, working with our clients is that often the person who org- who orchestrates for us to come in and do training is not in finance. And so when we send our invoice, they have to send it through a process, and sometimes it's a long process, and the request gets stuck and. That person's the person who asked us in's ability to talk to finance and say, "Can you cut this check? Can you put it on a special rush? You know, it's been it's delayed, it got lost." That person's ability to do that is based on their relationship with exactly. finance. Yes, and you know, we're fine if you don't pay us exactly on time, but we'd prefer you to pay us ex- exactly on time. And those relationships are what makes that happen. Yeah, I think I think the, the point is, is that some vice president or some director emails, just literally forwards an email with an invoice attached and acts as if that's the process. Well, that may be the written process, 
But the question becomes, is that what you really want to do? Is that what you want to get out of the system? And if you make a phone call to a friend of yours over there and say, hey, by the way, I just sent over an invoice. I just, I would appreciate it if you'd keep track of it for me. And then, by the way, check in once a week in a nice way. Hey, just mm-hmm. wanted to check in. People in accounts payable certainly appreciate. Yeah, if somebody yells at them all the time, they're going to not like that. But if you check up with them professionally, they're not going to have any problem with that. And they respect the fact that you want to get the people who your firm owes money. They respect the fact that you want to get them paid. And yeah, there are systems and they're not going to pay them before, before the bill is due. No sense in getting rid of your cash. Husbanding cash can be a good thing. But it takes a relationship and forwarding an email is not a relationship and saying to them, I sent you the email and then having them say back, sir, I get 155 emails a day, all of which invoices. I'm sorry. I don't remember yours. If you want to go to the top of the list, you got to have a relationship. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to think of it self-centeredly, it saves you the embarrassment. If you, if it's your, your invoice that that you brought somebody in and, and now that invoice has to be paid and it doesn't get paid because you don't have a relationship. Now you're embarrassed to your vendor. Yep. So, Yep. Yeah. Good. What about HR? HR and benefits, depending on how big your team is, sometimes those are split and sometimes they're not. But definitely you want to be able to talk to HR, especially if you're a manager, because one day you're going to have a thorny problem where you want to talk to them or, you know, somebody's going to accidentally get paid the wrong amount, although that so rarely happens. It's amazing. But you're going to want to have somebody in HR who you already know who, I mean, HR is as overworked in my experience as every other team. And so getting, again, getting to the top of their list, getting their attention, having someone return your call quickly is all a function of the relationship you have with someone in HR. I would even extend it and say, I want the HR person who deals with management and personnel issues. And oftentimes in smaller firms, folks, of course, there's just a general HR person and they're the jack of all trades. and, And so that's the one person to know. And you know, that's the one person to know what kind of wine or beer they like. <laughs> People are laughing. But folks, I promise you, that's how you get things done. Speak in the currency that they use or that they like. As it gets bigger, you've probably got somebody who's in HR pay, compensation, and maybe even somebody separate in benefits. And you might say, oh, compensation benefits, same thing. Not necessarily. The compensation person does all kinds of salary evaluations and banding and everything else. Whereas in a big firm, the benefits person knows the difference between the 401k, defined benefits versus defined, uh, uh, what's the word? Defined benefits versus defined contribution. Uh, you've got whether or not the medical covers this or that. And when, when a person is hired, gets on the program and these programs change all the time. And further, and then you got to say, okay, what about HR legal? Because we're going to talk about legal, but there's probably a legal person in HR in really, really big firms and they understand about employment law and those kinds of things. And it's not like you want to go around shaking hands and say, I'm going to go over to HR and meet everybody. But The bigger the HR organization, the more you have to think about specialization. And if you call a compensation person for something about legal, they're just going to say, well, that guy's this guy or she's so-and-so. If you don't have a relationship, obviously, if you have a relationship with the compensation person, you can say, would you mind making a call for me? But the more relationships you have, and when it comes to HR, when it comes to compensation, speed matters in our experience. When it comes to HR, the best way to have speed is relationships. 
It's especially important to know internal HR in companies where HR and benefits and things have been outsourced <laughs> because all you have, every, what everybody is given is the 1-800 number for, for you know, the, the outsourced company. And then you definitely have to go through a process and, and there's no bending, there's no nothing. Whereas if you know the internal HR person, you can get stuff bent. Further, I'll say one more thing about HR. If you're listening to career tools, then you pay attention to HR and career things and so on. And if you listen to manager tools as well, same thing. You pay attention to this stuff. If you read this stuff on a regular basis, not just our stuff, but other people's stuff, you begin to believe that other people think about this stuff all the time. That may in fact be true. It's probably not as true as you think it is, but HR gets cut just like everybody else. And HR is not a line function. And so it gets cut. I remember at one point, Mike telling me when he was at MCI, yeah, my HR generalist has 1,400 people she supports. Yeah. Tell you, you want a share of mind from that HR person, even if you're a manager, director, senior director, VP, if you want share of mind, you better have a relationship. Okay. Legal. So, uh, legal. So most people think that they never interact with legal, but, but if you're in a team that, that does, then again, you're probably assigned a person, your division or your section of the company is designed, is assigned a person. Um, and you want to go meet that person. And even if you don't think you'll ever need legal, it's still a, it's still worth, you know, knowing somebody in there just in case you get into a situation where you're, where you could do with some legal advice, just knowing, um, I don't know, if you're in production, you might think that you, you never, you know, you produce widgets, you'll never have a legal issue. Right. But what happens if somebody's injured? Well, yeah, HR will probably deal with it, but also you might want to know what your legal position is as a as the the supervisor of the line when somebody gets injured on your watch. Is that is that your fault? Are you you know, there's right. there's corporate manslaughter issues, there's all sorts of things. So having someone that you know in legal already is always helpful, even if all they do is say, dude, you got nothing to worry about. That five word peace of mind is worth the effort of putting in that you put into a relationship. Good. What about IT? <laughs> oh, IT. <laughs> so everybody's computer breaks. Everybody has software problems. Everybody wants an upgrade. And guess what? There's always a process. And that process is usually web-based. And in my experience, I don't usually have the the wherewithal, the the information, the, the, the understanding, the, the patience, patience. <laughs> for sure, to Wendy, fill in, the patience <laughs> <laughs> to fill in the form and send it off to a black hole and get an automated response and yep. all of that stuff. I have a friend in IT, <laughs> yeah. and I just walked down to his office. And one of the things I remember doing when I worked for for a big company was I knew where the IT guys were. It was a different building that I didn't often go to, but I still knew where the IT guys were and I'd arrived at this place having gone on a, an hour-long train journey so it wasn't terribly convenient and I got there with no cables I just left them out of my bag and I went down to the IT guy and I smiled sweetly and he of course had a had thousand cables. cables yes I'll tell you the thing about IT people complain that IT can't respond quickly let me tell you why that's so it's because of guys like me because guys like me have friends in IT, and we know what kind of beer they drink or microbrew or whatever, and we go to the top of the list. So we're queued in at 321, and you're only at 67, but they're working on mine and not on yours because I'm their friend. Exactly. Yeah, and, and people say, well, the systems mess up. <laughs> 
No, it's not. It's just a human system, and human systems tend to rep- respond to human interventions, which if you give people more of what they want, they'll give you more of what you want. Again, the story of stuff getting painted in the army because we knew what kind of beer that the guy who ran the paint shop drank. It was a standing joke. And there were people who said, I, w- I want to use this as we should let the system work. Okay. Those of us who go around the system, we're going to win. And you can complain all you want, or you can understand how things actually work, not what's written on a piece of paper in terms of a formal process. Yeah. Okay. So the, the last three on our list are printing, security, and catering, which are all kind of similar again. They're, they're the things that you need that sometimes you need in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And again, you want to skip the queue. So if you want, you know, a thousand decks printed and, you know, the printing guy says that will take a week and your meeting is tomorrow, invariably they're intractable. But if you have a relationship with them already, yep. you're much more likely to get that I'll done. I'll tell you something else with printing. There are places that are going to self-serve printing now. You can use the big copier. You need to log in and so on. And you can stand there and wait for your 20 decks. Or you can have a guy and say, I'm going to email this thing to you. Will you print it and let me know what it's done? Yeah. And on a deadline, saving an hour, standing in the printing shop at one in the morning, way better. Absolutely. And security. Look, I used to dismiss security, but now as an external guy, I'll tell you, I can't imagine showing up at work without my badge and not knowing somebody in security. There's always somebody who can visually reference you and say, okay, you can come in. I was walked back to my desk in IBM so many times because if you <laughs> didn't have your badge with you, physically with you, they didn't allow you to go any further. They would be patrolling the corridors and they would walk you back to your desk. But I was walked back to my desk so many times. I knew all the guys in the corridor. And so they'd just go, where are you going? Okay, yeah. next time, badge. Yeah. That saved me 20 minutes of time. And all of this is built around the concept that, well, I don't have time for those people. Because I don't really need them very much. And the end result is that means you get put in the system like everybody else. And a little bit of advance notice gets you a lot better service when you really need it. Absolutely. So many people are dismissive of these kind of roles. And if you're just not dismissive and make an effort to be friends, the level of service that you have goes up up. exponentially. And let's say briefly what everyone should know, but we'll say the things that uh, go without saying. We'll say them knowing their name. Yeah, it's not it's not enough to know where HR is and be able to get there if you if you need to. You have to know a person. You have to know their name. The only thing to stop you is your own embarrassment of right. just pop, popping in one day and saying, I don't need anything right now. I just wanted to introduce myself, find out about your processes so that I can help you help me. And if you ever need anything in my department, I'm the guy to call. If you ever need anything, yeah. I'll yeah. give you a perfect example of this, guys. Many of you know that I like golf. Pebble Beach is my favorite golf course in the world. And I spent many nights at the lodge at Pebble Beach. Uh, it is my great vice from a cash flow perspective. And over the years, I've stayed so frequently that I've gotten to know the bell staff and the front desk staff and the catering staff and the room service staff and certainly the pro shop staff. Well, I might go out there every couple of months and I meet hundreds of people every week in my job. And everyone comes up to me and assumes that they know me or that I know them. And they say, oh, Mark, I've, I finally have a face with a voice. It's so nice to meet you. And I feel like saying, I haven't met you. I, I, don't, I don't know who you are. You know who I am, but I don't know who you are. And what I've learned with Pebble is when I was staying there, I had a list. 
and it was in my Pebble Beach Golf Links, the Lodge at Pebble Beach phone number entry I had in the notes section, all the contacts, Mark and John and Carol and Amanda and the Bell staff and the front desk staff. And when I walked in, I had been reminded on the flight in or the morning of before I walked in and I was able to remember their names because I had studied them. And it got to the point where when I needed service, I could get it in ways that I should not have been able to. I was able to call and say, would you please send Mark down to my room or John down to my room because I had a special special need. It's a very high-end place, but it didn't matter. The fact that I knew people and, – and look, it didn't hurt that I, I tipped well and the fact there's a policy there of no tipping in the resort. But boy, if I needed something, Carol, Amanda, all those people stood right up. I even knew the person who came and did turndown service at night. Her name was you, actually. And – I firmly believe it was because I spent a moment with them every time and I knew their names and they appreciated it because there are people who can stay there and they consider those people to be service people and they don't have to have a relationship with them. People's names matter. Absolutely. And, and so you've, you've done the introduction and then like you've just said, so every time you see that person in the corridor or in the lunchroom, yeah. whatever, say hi, exactly. don't, don't then ignore them. Cause like, that's not a relationship. Say hi. And if you're really brave, you could eat lunch with them. I know everybody wants to eat lunch with their friends, but you know, if you, if you really want to develop relationships, you have to break out of your fifth grade thing that you only eat lunch with the with the cool kids on the cool table. Look, if you want to be thought really smart, remember what California Institute of Technology does. I think they have like 30 Nobel Prize winners that have either taught there or teach there now. It's freakishly smart place. And there's a rule when you walk into the, the faculty lounge uh, as a faculty member or as a guest in the lounge there in the lunchroom. You cannot sit at one of the round tables if someone from your department is already sitting there. The whole point of it is to create new relationships and, of course, to foment intellectual curiosity and discussions across boundaries and so on because they know what the natural human tendency is. Oh, there's my friend from my department. I'll sit down and I'll talk to him. I'll talk about politics. I'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. But that doesn't tend to lead to better results necessarily, although certainly there are times when that would be true. But lunch is a chance for you to come together. Why not sit with somebody you don't know? Exactly. And I think that's it, right? Yeah. Find the people you need before you need them. Gosh, folks, let's make sure that people in support organizations are on that list and know their names because it really, really matters. How many times have we said it, Wendy? Results and relationships. And we want results in the first 90 days, but you're probably not going to create a lot of results in your first 90 days, but you can invest in relationships. Absolutely. There we go. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Thank you all. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Hope this was helpful. Look forward to seeing you next week on Career Tools. Until then, have a great week.